If I could do it again, I'd go seek the best professional help I could. I would not settle for anything less than people who are living an absolute dream life and then finding out what they did to get there and working with their financial teams, their accountants, their fiduciaries. I wouldn't have settled for average advice because average advice will get you at best average. Welcome, everybody, to The Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Chris Harder Show. It's another Money Monday here where we absolutely believe that both prosperity and generosity can and must coexist. All right, so today I was kind of reflecting back and I thought, I wonder how much money I've missed out on in my life. And it's kind of an impossible number to figure out, but I came up with a really conservative number. And I came up with this number based on what do I think the minimum per year that I could have averaged in investing that I didn't, that I instead pissed away somewhere when I was young and dumb and ignorant. So I took that number, that minimum amount that I thought it could have been based on my earnings and and just knowing what I spent money on in dumb places and, and et cetera. And I'll share that number at the end of the podcast, how much I think I'm missing. I took the between the age of 21 and 45. Because as I record this right now, I'm 45. And for a little context before I share these, these five financial mistakes I wish I could have back, I started making really good money when I was 21. So that would have been, you know, almost 25 years ago. That would have been about the year 2000. I was already making over $80,000 a year because I got kicked out of college after two and a half years at school. My family was devastated. They thought, oh my God, it's the end of you. I was excited because I already knew that I was an income earning machine. Like it was, it was deep in me. It was intuitive in me that I like wanted to be out there earning. I craved it. And I went and I got a job at a car dealership and I just crushed it there right away. And then got promoted there right away. So I was making 80 and a hundred thousand dollars when I was 21, 22. And then I got into banking and it skyrocketed from there. So I had the opportunity where I could have been investing a serious amount of money. I could have been easily investing an average of sixteen to twenty thousand dollars a month and still lived a good lifestyle. Now, not when I was making eighty grand, but then when I was making hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year after that, still in my twenties that would have averaged out, right? So I took an average and the average that I used, and I'll reveal the number at the end of the podcast, like I said, but the average I used was 200 grand a year. I could have invested. I, you heard the term pay yourself first. I could have paid myself first. I could have invested that, lived on the rest. I still would have been able to live on one to 200 grand a year when I was in my twenties and had a great life. You got to remember money went a lot further back then, especially in the Midwest than it does today. We're talking 20 years ago. 
So I could have done these things. And it really boils down to five mistakes that I made. Here they are. The first one is obvious. It's like a rite of passage, especially for guys. I just bought too much stuff. I bought way too much stuff and really dumb stuff and depreciating assets. And here's the key. Before I earned it. I bought too many shiny things before I earned the ability to truly afford them. So how do I figure out if I can afford something now? Easy. If it can be paid for by my passive income, by my investment income, not by my earned income, then I can afford it. Or if I can pay cash for it several times over, then I can afford it. But if I have to buy that thing with my earned income, and you guys know the difference, earned income is the paycheck you get. Earned income is when you you know service a client and, and you get that money in return for the client. That's earned income. Those are seeds you're supposed to be planting. I should have done a better job planting when I was young. So number one mistake I made, I bought too much stuff before I earned it. Guys, I was in my 20s, like I said, making over 100 grand a year in the small town of Green Bay, Wisconsin, 25 years ago. And the only people that were doing that in that town at that age, my peers, were Packer players. So all my friends were Packer players. So there's a bunch of us running around in our 20s, making great money, absolutely pissing it away on the dumbest things. At one point, when I was in my early 20s, I owned two brand new Lincoln Navigators. Two. Why do I need two? I didn't have a family or anything because my ego made me buy it because all the Packers were buying all these things. Right. So when your friends, when your peers are making dumb decisions, you have a tendency to make dumb decisions. So I made a lot of dumb decisions. I wish I could have back. Number one, I bought too much stuff before I truly earned it. Number two, I missed the chance to invest early and take advantage of compounding interest. I missed the chance to invest early and take advantage of compounding interest. I should have been automated. I should have automated a small investment every single month right? Out of sight, out of mind into low fee index funds. I mean, do you realize the S&P, which is an index that just you know measures the top companies in, in the U.S. right now, the S&P was only a, around 11 to 1200 when I was 21 years old. Today, it's over 4,000 as I record this or about 4,000. So you do the math, you're like, oh my God, that's almost four times. Chris, your investment could have been 400% what you invested, but that's actually not accurate. It'd be way more than that because the rule 72s says based on the average returns of the S&P, which is, you know, around 10 and a half to 11% a year, the money I would have been putting in would have been doubling every seven years. So not only would the money have gone up four times in value, but it also would have been doubling every seven years. Like I said, I'm looking at a 25 year snapshot. So that's three and a half times that money would have doubled on top of 4Xing. You follow the math, it'd be about 12 times what I invested. Isn't that insane? I missed that chance. Now, luckily, I got smart and, and Lori and I were, were blessed with big enough income now in our, our older adult lives to, to play catch up. And we've done a great job of catching up. But man, for any of you who, who have the chance to do this when you're young, that's why I'm sharing this. I wish I would have automated a small investment and paid myself first into low-fee index funds, set it and forget it, and I would have had a ton more money today than we do. All right, number three, I wish I would have created more passive income. Quite truly understand the power of passive income. Now, passive income is income that is that you're getting paid when you're not exchanging your time or energy for it. 
You're not going to work and getting a paycheck. That's earned income. You're not working with a client and, you know, you get 500 bucks for that hour or whatever it is. That's earned income. No, I wish I would have understood passive income and all the places to get it. There's so many businesses that are easy to attain that kick off passive income. Small car washes, ATMs, things like that. There's investments that kick off passive income. There's rental properties. There's storage facilities. There's funds. There's IP that you can invest. There's so many ways to create passive income. And I just didn't understand it when I was young. I wish somebody would have sat me down and through a podcast like this, shaking me by the shoulders and said, hey man, I want you to research what passive income is. And then I want you to become absolutely obsessed with adding at least one passive income source or passive income investment per year. That's your goal. You should be adding at least one. It's okay to add more than one, but at least one passive income source per year. I'm looking at this saying, I could have easily in my sleep added one source per year that was just a measly $1,000 a month worth of passive income. Over 25 years, that'd be $25,000 a month more than we have today. But remember, it's not about the 25 grand a month. Yeah, that'd be nice, but that wouldn't make a huge difference in our budget today. The $25,000 a month when compounded, when invested over 25 years, that'd be millions and millions of dollars. So you're not missing out on the 25 grand a month as much as you are missing out on the millions of dollars that it could have turned into if you took good care of it. So what do you take out of number three for me? I want you to focus on finding and adding at least one compounding income source per year. All right, number four, I bought a home too early. Here's the controversial one. I've done a lot of content around this. I am pro income producing properties. I am anti rushing out to buy your home. Now, our parents and our neighbors and our teachers, they mean well when they say things like, oh, the best investment you'll ever make is your home. Try and buy a house right away. Oh, that's going to be the biggest investment of your life. God, for the love of God, I sure hope not. I sure hope not. I hope that you have way bigger investments than that. Buying a home too early is only going to cause you to struggle financially. Yeah, it might go up four, five, six percent per year, but you're going to pay one to two percent in property taxes, five or six percent to sell the thing, two percent a year in maintenance. That's straight from, from Zillow averages, not improving it, just maintenance. You're going to pay, you know, a quarter to a half a percent per year in insurance. And if you have a mortgage, you're going to pay four, five, six, seven percent a year in mortgage interest. So yay, you're making four, five, six percent a year in appreciation, but you are bleeding 10, 11, 12 percent a year out the back door. Not to mention, when I was young, I rushed out, I bought a home right away, I bought rental properties right away, and guess what? I didn't have the money to properly handle the things that happened. All of a sudden, had a storm, needed a new roof, insurance only covered half of it. Driveway needed to be replaced, had to put it on a credit card. Furnace went out, had to put it on a credit card. All these things started popping up and I had no choice but to put them on a credit card. And then I woke up in credit card debt and I had to sell those homes just to break even on all that stuff. Like, oh, gee, how do I pay off the credit card debt? Well, I guess I got to sell these homes to start all over again. So it became this never ending cycle of not getting ahead. Do not rush out and feel the pressure to be a homeowner too early. If you want to invest in income producing properties, yes. If you want to rush out and buy a home, no. That was number four. Number five. Number five was I settled for average advice. 
Maybe this is like the all-encompassing umbrella over one, two, three, and four. This is what would have fixed one, two, three, and four. I listened to the wrong people. People that loved me, people that cared about me, and people that meant well. Oh my God, they totally had my best interest in mind, I promise you. Great human beings. Parents, neighbors, friends, beginner accountants you know, from the small town, you name it. Except they weren't qualified to point me in the direction of the great wealth that I wanted to create because they hadn't gone there themselves. They were not experts there themselves. So they were giving recycled advice, advice that was handed down. When this happens to you, I want you to first say, okay, are they living the life that I dream of living? Yes. Okay, let's follow their advice. No, let's thank them for it. Let's say, thank you for caring about me. I'll take it into consideration. And then let's go find advice from the people who are already in the places that we want to end up. I wish I would have been diligent about that. If I could do it again, I'd go seek the best professional help I could. I would not settle for anything less than people who are living an absolute dream life and then finding out what they did to get there and working with their financial teams, their accountants, their fiduciaries. I wouldn't have settled for average advice because average advice will get you at best average. Number one, I bought too much stuff too early before I had earned it. Number two, I missed the chance to invest in low-fee index funds and, and take advantage of the power of compounding interest. Number three, I wish I would have understood the power of adding one passive income investment per year. Number four, I wish I wouldn't have bought a home too early. And number five, I wish I wouldn't have settled for average advice. I wish I would have insisted on the best. So I promised you, I figured out what I think this would have cost me. Well, it's real easy math. If you put 200 grand a year, that's about $16,600 a month that I easily pissed away, easily, for 25 years into a compounding calculator. And you, you know, around 105 to 10.85% somewhere in there, which is the average return in, in low fee index funds. That means I'm missing between 20 and $25 million in pure cash sitting in investments that I would have had today. I could have had 25 million more dollars sitting in cash than we do today. And that is on the conservative side. That's not like Dave Ramsey, beans and, and rice, you know, live on $10 and invest $90 out of every hundred. No, that's not like going crazy. That's just like looking at what I pissed away on really dumb, ignorant things and, and not following advice that I should have been following. Could have had $25 million, probably 50, to be honest, more than we do today. So I don't care if you're 20 years old when you hear this, 25, 30, 35, or 40. There's a lot of time left. If you're 20, I don't want you to wake up when you're in your 40s and say, oh, I remember that podcast. I should have taken advantage of that. If you're 30, I don't want you to wake up when you're 50 and say, you know, I remember hearing that podcast. I wish I would have done it. If you're 40, I don't want you waking up when you're 60 saying, damn it. I can see retirement on the horizon, except I can't actually do it. If you're 50, I don't want you to be 70, 75, still working, saying, you know, I remember hearing that podcast when I was 49 or 50 and thinking it was too late for me. It's not too late. This was a 25-year example. Let's go. Let's do the right things. Let's seek the right advice. And let's all become unapologetically wealthy together. Because when good people like you make good money and good decisions, the rest of your life, you could do great things. Thanks for listening. Love and appreciate you. By the way, do not forget 
you can text me the word daily and I will send you a positive money mantra to help point you in the right direction every single morning that I wake up. I've been doing it for more than a year to thousands and thousands and thousands of you. No, there's no catch. It's totally free. I do this out of the kindness of my heart. I wake my wife up to a mantra. A year and a half ago, she said you should wake other people up to a mantra and I do it. So totally free. If you want me to text you first thing when I wake up so you can feel abundant and see the world through the right financial lenses, all you have to do is text me the word daily to 310-421-0416. Again, text me the word daily to 310-421-0416. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.